G'day and welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Fence podcast. I have no idea what episode number this is now, but I thought, you know, we've had a break. Um, we had some things planned, didn't quite pan out. But what better way to bring us back than to talk about one of the more historical moments in recent Australian sporting history. And that's obviously Buddy Franklin kicking the thousand goals over the weekend. And to join me, I have, well, let's get the the, the old man out of the way first. Steve, you're back. Steve Smith, how are you? Hello, Ben. How are you, mate? I'm well. Uh, congratulations on going to the uh, NFL Hall of Fame. No, thank you. I'll be uh, I'll be going in as a uh, as a Panther and not a Raven. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, the Ravens organization just yeah, classless, terrible, yeah. terrible franchise, no good. Ah, congratulations. Uh, and also joining us, uh, proper Swans fans, uh, far more intense than even my casual self, and definitely more intense. Who do you even go for, Smith? Essendon, right? Yeah, I'm an Essendon man. You loser. Um, <clears throat> Swans people will definitely know who they are on Twitter. Joe and Imogen, thank you for joining us. G'day. Hello. How are you today? I'm well. Feeling good. Buddy's got a kick. 1100. 1100. 1100. This weekend. Yeah, that's right. Bulldogs defense is lackluster. So. No good. <laughs> They're struggling. Yeah. Like, Essendon are 0 2, but so are they. <laughs> See, I'm such a casual. I don't even know who they were playing this weekend. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's the old Cordy Cup, so. Yeah. It is. Joe, I mean, you I... should probably mention your, Joe, you should probably mention your link to not only the, the Western Bulldogs, but... Also the Swans. The Swans. Yeah, so on mum's side, my grandfather played for them back in the kind of VFA, AFL sort of era. And then on dad's side, dad played for them. His three brothers all played for them at various points, and the Bulldogs. He the Bulldogs. Played yeah. Sorry, the Bulldogs played for the Bull. And Dad and one of my uncles later moved to Sydney, where he met my mum, and I, I. They stayed, so I grew up a Swans fan. But one of my other uncles stayed there, and his two sons are much better at footy than me, so <laughs> they both made it to the AFL. Ace and Zane. Zane's still there at the Bulldogs. At the yeah. Bulldogs. And yeah, so that's why it's the Cordy Cup. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. So that's, again, far more uh, legit fan than me who just like watches most of the games and can probably name half the players, uh, <laughs> even though I'm a I'm native. Sorry? <laughs> I'm footy royalty. Uh, I mean, uh, thank you for gracing us um, with, your, with your presence today, Joe. Imogen, do you have a... Uh, how, many of your AFL, how many of your relatives played AFL, Imogen? Um, well, I am marrying into the family on Sunday, so I can probably list the same ones. <laughs> um, sadly, none of them, but my family uh, were all South Melbourne supporters. So despite growing up in Melbourne, I was told I had to support Sydney or um, support no one. So Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a far different in a rugby league household. It was just like literally, oh, yeah, the Swans, they exist. Um, go for it if you want. Makes but, sense. Uh, but yeah, as, as a man of Italian heritage, I think if you showed my ancestors AFL, they'd just be like, what the fuck's this? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they're still trying to wrap their head around not being in the World Cup for two years in a row. So, which is very, very funny. It is very, very funny, but it's also quite sad. Um, you so, cut as, for us. so ben, as, ben, as a casual Swans fan, how excited were you for, for the Buddy 1000? I'm probably playing it up a little bit. I do watch like 
if I can, I, I watch all this. Like I say casual and that I don't care about the rest of the AFL. Like I do not give a shit. Like yeah. I won't sit down and watch just like a neutral game. Um, okay. But I, I don't think I, it's probably lost a little bit on me, I guess, just the achievement of a thousand because, and we'll get to it a bit later, but it's the whole, like it'll never happen again. And it's kind of hard for me to explain why, because I don't really know. Um, yeah. But I guess we'll, we'll just jump back a bit to the actual moment itself. Uh, I saw I saw a video which I assume was filmed by you, Steve, because you're you're that guy behind the camera. Um, oh, it, was, no. it, it was the video is fantastic. Yeah. It is everything I'd hoped it would be. <laughs> just describe the moment, I guess. Then just like when it happened. It it was just I feel like we'd been waiting for it for so long because he'd been so injured for two mm. years. So. It felt like it was, yeah, like a really long wait. Everyone knew he was going to get the 1,000, but it was such a long wait. And then when it, I think when he kicked the third goal, I was like, I know he's going to kick a fourth tonight. You could just tell, you could see on his face he was going to do it. And I couldn't, like, I knew he wasn't going to miss, but I also couldn't believe I was witnessing it. Like, it was just, it was so exciting. Yeah. I, well, he got his 900, was it 2019? I think. He got his yeah, 900. Yeah, yeah 28. Yeah. No, even 28, uh, 2018, I think he got. I think it was 2018. Yeah, so, so just before we get onto that, Imogen started a thing called the Buddy Goal Watch on Twitter. Now, I'm trying to figure out when you started that. Was it before the 900? Yeah, 2005. I started, <laughs> no, I started in 2017, but the original <clears throat> Buddy Goal Watch is lost because I was banned from Twitter for... Reasons. Reasons that I don't think were my fault. Um, <laughs> there was some unpleasantness. You can never go back. I can't go back. Um, so I actually started in 2017 when Sydney started the season 0 and 6. And I was depressed about that. Um, oh, yeah, you weren't coping at all. Yeah, yeah. I was not coping. And um, I decided what would be fun would be to just like be like, well, Buddy kicks goals and it's always fun. So I'm just going to count these goals. Um, and you had a light box and everything. You had like a I little, had a light box. It's buddy, buddy, buddy goal yep. watch. Yep. Whole thing. I match Kanye lyrics with his best moments. It's, you know, it's very fun. Um, so I started that in 2017. So I was very excited to get to the thousand for him. I've had lyrics ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the draft. <laughs> Since pre-pandemic, I think. I was really well because I thought he was going to do it, and then he got bloody injured. Yeah. I just ask what uh what what song were these? What song was picked out? Well, it actually was not a song in the end. It was a Kanye quote from, I think, when he won a Grammy, Grammy yeah. when he said, everyone wants to know what I'd do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Uh, because I felt like people had tried to retire him. Yes. Not Kanye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I kept saying, he's going to come back. It's going to be fine. And people kept saying, you know, his age, those injuries, he's not coming back. He's not going to do it. But... As the number one buddy supporter, uh, I had I had faith, I had belief. Because I mean, uh, no, you go, Steve. It's your show. I was just saying, it's gotten to the point now on Twitter where whenever the Swans account posts buddy content, they actually tag Imogen at this point. So, <laughs> which is very very cool. I have a strong brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my brand is being mistaken for someone. I, you know, Imogen's is much much stronger. <laughs> Mine's a mid nineties crime movie. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> true. I actually think your brand was for the other Sydney team. So, oh yeah, for a little while, for a little while there, Joe had the oh, big, big yeah, sound uh, brand. I have funny. vaguely seen that, but I don't, want to, I don't want to turn this into a Twitter retrospective. Yeah. No, Fair no, enough. no, no. I don't have a brand, or if I do, I don't know it. <laughs> um, but you know, I think the moment was just so 
exciting because it was like, of course, Buddy Franklin's going to kick a thousand goals, but also at the same time, it's kind of unbelievable that he's achieved it because um, it's such an, like an incredible achievement in footy, particularly in this. Yeah, because he's so modern far, era, the modern yeah, era of footy, and even without the modern era, he's only the sixth person to have ever mm. done it. So it was it wasn't common even when there were more big forwards and the game what, was different. What what quantifies the modern era as someone who doesn't really know? I'd say, well, it changed from the VFL to the AFL in 1990. So like, so I think some people measure it from there, but for myself, I kind of take it from like 2000s onwards to like yeah, base. Because I think like Buddy is the last person also to get a hundred goals in a season, and I think before him you have to go back to like the early or maybe mid nineties to find another guy that did that. So like for me, it's like I take it from like the twenty first century is the modern era to me. I think you you saw more of an evolution in tactics from like two thousand onwards. Like you saw in two thousand, like Essendon lost one game because of the flood for example, and it was mm. tactics like that that eventually basically was the demise of the full forward kicking a th- yeah. 100 goals mm. each season. Yeah. So things like that. And then the game sped up. Like, I think, yeah, I, not to say that it wasn't professional before the 2000s, but it felt like it became more professional. Very much, yeah. The play, all the players are much more athletic than they were and the game just became so much faster that it was much more difficult to have like a Tony Lockett-style yeah. full yeah. forward who would just stand there, who wasn't that fit. And just kick goals. It's kind of insane that in the late 80s, early 90s, into the 90s, that we had three full forwards all around the same time get to the thousand mark, Mm. you know, within pretty close proximity of each other. That obviously had never happened before and hasn't happened since. So it was kind of like the perfect storm of that combined with, as you said, not 100% professionalism and, you know, probably not a huge amount of tactics. Like, prior to the the 90s you you putting putting an extra man back in defense was as complicated as it got put a man in the hole and then he's got to stand in front of a charging locket or gary ablett and risk your kidneys so it's 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 come such a long way and for someone to still be able to get to a thousand is like we will not see that again for a very very long time if at all yeah i don't think we will see it again i think the game would have to fundamentally change yeah again uh, to allow it to like if you so occur. like you would need someone to play for fifteen to fifteen to eighteen years, kicking sixty goals a year, yeah. every yeah. single year, and I don't see how that happens. The game's too fast; it's way too physical for people to stay healthy long enough. We we saw that with Buddy even in the last two or three years. That man is a colossus of a human being, and all those games and all that battery broken down. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's what I was going to bring up because, I mean, we'll take you back to 2020 and obviously you didn't play at all in 2020. Did anything run through your mind? Like any dark thoughts? Like, oh no, like, is this... Because, I mean, there was some pretty serious, um, I guess, discourse around, you know, shit, is this is this it? Like maybe not it in, entirely, but is this it as buddy? Is he going back to being Lance, if you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean... I think for myself, like, I saw like neutrals talk about it in a genuinely like worried kind of a way. Be like, what if we don't actually see him, not just like not get to a thousand, but what if we don't see him get back onto the field at all? And I just kind of like had to ignore that. <laughs> like, that's just like a dark part of my mind. Like, no, I have to believe he's going to play again. Cause like, I mean, the pandemic was on and footy sucked anyway. The idea that my favorite player of all time might never come back couldn't deal with it just didn't want to think about it at all 
<laughs> I, I just had complete blind faith that he was going to return. Like, oh, to the I. point that I, I, I picked fights with people if they said he wasn't. Like, yeah. proper fights. <laughs> like, I didn't want people to put that energy out there. <laughs> like, it's not appropriate. Buddy's going to be back. It's going to be fine. And Sydney was so shit in 2020 that I was like, there's no point in him coming back to like, when he's not 100%, when we're not going to make finals anyway. So he just has to get himself right. And that's what he did. I, I just, yeah. I don't know. It was too sad to think that he would go out with like a hammy injury. For, for, a reference, a for a reference, Steve will get, was there any threats of meeting someone in Temecula? <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. No, I don't think Imogen, I don't think Imogen threatened to fight anyone IRL, but... She certainly, you know, wasn't 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 copying anyone saying Buddy was done. No, it just there was no evidence no, of that. People no. come back from Hammy. If lesser players come back also, from worse injuries, yeah. And like you're looking at a, a like a very hot take platform as well that a lot of people are just in the moment going, "Well, that's it." Like, but he isn't playing, so he'll never play again. Is kind of the the quick fire rationale, but it doesn't work like that. I also think that like. Like Buddy's such a obviously like such a great athlete, such a great footballer, but he obviously like you see on the weekend he wants to succeed, like he wants these milestones, and I don't think something was going to stop him from doing it. Like I I think people sort of uh, discounted his drive to get back to footy so that he could prove that he's as good as it's a he wants to it be. It makes a really interesting comparison because the last really great full forward before him was Lloyd who ripped his hamstring so bad he was never the same after that and couldn't make it all the way back. And he finished on in the 900s. So it's really, it's even as a neutral, it's phenomenally good to see someone like Buddy go and continue on because you just want, you want players like that to reach milestones, I think. Like I, it'd be a pretty hard-hearted person who's, who didn't enjoy what happened. I don't think anyone didn't no, want to see it. No. Everyone wanted Buddy to get a thousand. Yeah. Um, speaking about buddy's speaking about buddy's hamstring i just remember my brain and it's tearing both hamstrings simultaneously so and i and i I got back on the field so i mean you know it's not hard enough yeah 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 tazzy footy legs on his being (laughs) i mean this was this was it when i was in sydney so it was tougher and it was also soccer (laughs) it's a brutal league Sorry, did I, I interrupted something. I'm pretty sure just to talk about my hamstrings. That's all right. I was good to hear about them. Uh, <laughs> but they, yeah, they're okay now. You know, just just making sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I, honestly, I haven't sprinted since. Oh no. <laughs> oh, they're probably fine. Continue. Let's was, get away from this. I was Please. just saying that, like, I feel like with Buddy, like he was so dri- like you can see on his face, like when he kicked the thousand, like he's so driven to get these milestones and achieve. Um, and he's like, I feel like he's come back. He looks fitter. Like, he just looks like he's enjoying. He, he looks yeah. like yeah, he's having fun. He enjoys the footy. I think he really enjoys playing with the young um, forwards that Sydney have now. Like, um, I noticed on Instagram, a couple of them were calling him dad on yeah. the weekend, which is so cute. Um, <laughs> Will Hayward did. Yeah. Will Hayward did. Um, so I think like he enjoys sort of that leadership role of like training baby forwards to, you know, be like Buddy or whatever else. Um, so I think all of that like. I don't know, probably pushed him to get back to footy. I also think John Longmire had a lot to do with it too. I think the way he manages that team and especially Buddy, I think he's he's pretty calm about everything. He doesn't mm. he, he doesn't push. You know, I think there might have been a different coach might not have gotten 
Buddy over that line. Yeah. Yeah. You can say Clark has that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen that to this podcast. That was that was you really that. fun with a swan scarf. It was. Like yeah. I thought that was really like some Hawks fans lost their minds yeah. about it. And Great to see. which is just a, a bonus to be honest, because I think everyone else enjoyed seeing Clarko there supporting his one of his players. Well, Absolutely. Yeah. I think it also speaks to like, I guess, I don't know, the influence or I don't know, or whatever the buddy has on people because like Clarko was there obviously as his coach, but Clarko's wife was there, whose yeah. name unfortunately I don't know, but she was crying because mm. she was so excited. Like all of his ex-teammates have traveled, his sister came from America, like it was such a big deal. Yeah, like most of the clubs on Twitter were talking about it. It's like, yeah, I don't think the other ones that didn't are just jealous. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Fine. Some of them forgot he played for two teams. <laughs> but no, just like talking about like relationship he has with Longmire. That's the other thing on top of like the physical injuries. Like when he came to us, he had the back stuff. He did the hamstring in 2020. But also like in 2015, when all the good stuff was happening, he also like had to leave the game for mental health reasons. Mm, and yeah, like when he came back, at the start of 2016, I think he played something like 25 consecutive games. And I even like into 2017, he was mm. still playing consecutively. And Horse talked a little while ago about how like him and Buddy once a week will go to his office just to chat and whatever they say is just completely between them. And I, when you talk to like people who like are around the club at Sydney, they say that's Horse's like main thing as a coach. It's like, he's it, a good tactician, but you have assistants to do that. Everyone loves horse because, like, it, the culture he develops with the young guys, with Buddy, with the other leaders like Joey Kennedy and Luke Parker, and that. And yeah, I, I don't think he would have made it this far, not even just from a physical in- no, that's perspective, right. but yeah. from a mental health point. Like, he wouldn't get through a nine year contract if he was still in Melbourne. No, and that's, I, I think, really the only person that, that may have an issue with horse at this point is Dean Cox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very funny. Yeah. That, 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 that relationship's very, very funny. Yeah. But no, that's actually a, that's a very fair point about being in Melbourne versus Sydney, because I vaguely remember, um, you know, at at the start of Buddy's deal, him talking about, you know, being in Melbourne and it's the same in the NRL with players that play in Sydney versus like for the Melbourne Storm, for instance, like being in that main media bubble, like it just, um, you know, it wears you down and then moving up to Sydney, Buddy is like, yeah, well, I don't watch footy at all outside of like, you know, I might watch one game a week, but like at, when I'm not playing, I like it's good to switch away from it. And you can't do that in Melbourne. So I think that's like that's an equally important part of it. It's like the, the being in that, I guess, foreign market. What what I thought was really both funny and interesting was how much more likable Buddy became the minute he took the Hawthorne jumper off. <laughs> like it almost didn't matter who he played for after that point, but like the fact that he was playing for like Sydney and you know there was a bit of the sort of Tony Lockett precedent, I guess, of a a really good forward escaping the Melbourne bubble. And yeah, it was quite funny just, just how much more likable he became. Yeah. And so it's like, it's the Melbourne bubble doesn't always work. It, like, I think someone brought up in a group chat I was in that Fev must be watching this thing and he probably could have gotten to a thousand goals. Yeah. Be, like, he, yeah. he absolutely did. And he was almost got to 100 that same year, buddy. Mm, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But moving to Brisbane didn't work out for him and like, yeah, so it's not like a guaranteed thing that just because like you get out of that media landscape, everything's going to be fine. So I think you have to have the right support network around you. And the yeah. thing is, yeah. like Buddy moved 
to Sydney because I didn't want to get away from Melbourne, but he had also was dating Jacinta and she was in Sydney. And now like since moving to Sydney, like he's gotten married, he's got two kids now. Like he's probably a lot more grounded in his life now than, I mean, 100%. speculating, but like than he was in Melbourne where he was just like partying and like one of the most famous people in the yeah. city. And yeah, like and his, his, his support is different now. And I would argue that like we're talking about Fev, he never had any of that when he went to Brisbane either. No. no. So like that was just doomed to fail from the outset. And I guess, <clears throat> excuse me, um, more broadly, just like what he's done for the sport in Sydney, because I know there's a lot of, um, well, I watched the Swans before anyway, so I would, like it wasn't as big an impact on me per se, but there are a lot of, you know, my friends and just, I'd say more casual, um, you know, AFL fans. And this couples with the advent of the Giants, because, you know, there's a pretty well-known East versus West split and, you know, people from the West don't like the East in Sydney and, and vice versa. But um, I guess what, what he's done for the sport in Sydney, you know, it, it, the junior participation rates are climbing. You've seen um, the Swans Academy, you know, consistently start feeding players into the the Swans team. And, you know, even, you know, guys that don't make the Swans, I think there's a bloke, in, is there a guy at Carlton who's from the Swans Academy? That sounds right. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, look at me with my AFL knowledge. Um, but, <laughs> but I guess just what he's done for the for the sport in general in Sydney is, is pretty important and impressive as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I remember like a couple of times because dad works as a journalist and we'd go to games in Sydney together and we'd park like a few kilometres from the SCG, just walk through it and like we park in like Surrey Hills and walk, it's about like a 20 minute walk and dad said that he likes parking just like a little bit further away just to like soak in what it was like, what it's actually like and how much red and white is around Sydney these days compared to when he was playing and he said like in his time I think he said the only people who ever recognized him as a Swans player in Sydney were the hunters and collectors who sponsored the Sharon in the park and they just asked to have a kick with him <laughs> so yeah and now he goes through and you look at like Sydney got like AFLW team with I think we broke our membership record every year consecutively up to the pandemic We've got the new facilities being built. And it's like, it's not like we would have, we're in a bad place before we got there. But I think that there was kind of the risk of stagnation. Like we would, I felt like the Swans in Sydney had about plateaued in terms of like how much support they could get until Buddy got there. And he's kind of like the star who's as big as the game itself. And even though like he did want to escape the Melbourne bubble, he does absolutely love being the face of the club and like, handing out footies to young kids, doing photo opportunities, all that. I think it struck a nice balance for him. Where he doesn't mind the celebrity, but also he can escape it. What do you two think about people who say, okay, so he went there on this massive mega deal and hasn't won a flag? I'll fight them. You can't... Um, one player can't win a team a flag. No. And, like, if you look at our two attempts since he's been at the club... 2014 obviously was a disaster, but he was probably like the only person on the ground that was actually yeah. trying. Yep. Mm. 2016, he was injured 40 seconds into the game. Like who knows yeah. what was going to happen. No, 100%. But the, the whole team has to be good enough to, to win it. It can't just be on Buddy to to do it. I, to do it. Uh, that's not, it's just not how the sport works. No. Yeah. And I think that talking about like, that it wasn't worth it if we don't win a flag with him, which... Like, probably we won't. I don't know. But, like, 
I think 100%, yes, it was better for him. It was better for Sydney. He, it was being better for footy in Sydney. Like, it's, I just think all around it's been good. His football is amazing. Like, he, watching him is amazing, and he's clearly happy, and that, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a really simplistic argument to say uh, absolutely we, we, we that they gave him all this money on a long-term deal and he doesn't, doesn't win a flag so it's not a success I think that's way too simple I, for a sport that has 22 players I think when you, need, you need yeah. yeah you can't pick out one player who's the reason why a team loses and you can't pick out one player where a team is the reason the team wins because everyone contributes to it in a way that I guess is different I don't know to other sports but for footy no, like is, you need yeah. you need everyone to be doing their job um so, you know, Lance can do everything that he can do, but if no one's giving him the ball, he can't kick a goal, you know, so... Or if he gets hurt 40 seconds Or if he gets game. hurt 40 seconds into the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... I, I do I agree. It's a simplistic view, and I think also it's a view of people who seem to be from Victoria who were angry that Buddy left Victoria. <laughs> yeah. Or the GWS supporters. Or the GWS supporters. And I yeah. get it. I, <laughs> can, I can hold a nine-year grudge as well, so it's like I'm not judging them, but yeah. I, I, I think it's simplistic. I mean, no one said that about Lockett. He, he didn't win a flag at Sydney and no one thinks Lockett was a waste to Sydney. Yeah, um, yeah well, that's, that's my big problem with it. It's a, it's a thing that only gets levelled at Buddy. Like, no one says it about Lockett. No one would say that, like, uh, Gary Ablett Sr. was a waste at Geelong because he didn't win a flag. No one says it about Patrick Dangerfield, any of these other guys. Or like, like, no one said Gary Ablett Jr. going to the Gold Coast was a waste. No, yeah. exactly. Like, that's the one that, for me that that's yeah. a reasonable comparison because he's gone from a successful team to another team and didn't win a flag. Yeah. But no one's judging him for that because, oh, look at that team around him. So... Yeah. And you leave Carmichael mean? Hunt alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you pronounced that correctly, Ben. Um, I think the thing with Buddy is that if you want to, like, judge it, you'd have to judge it off individual accomplishments because that's... He's not the whole team. And he's achieved, like, basically all of the things that you can. Yeah. For individual accomplishments. The biggest one for me is all Australian captain. It's, yeah, absolutely. But he's been, you know, he's been all Australian captain four times at Sydney, he was four times at Hawthorne. Yeah. He's won the Coleman several times. He's now kicked a thousand yeah. goals. Like he he's done, I mean, I guess aside from winning a Brownlow, like he's done everything you can as an individual in mm, that absolutely. in that sport. And so if it like if the whole team doesn't yeah, it's it's yeah. No, so you can only all you can ever ask of a player is to like give the absolute best that they can. And I think Buddy, like if you, what I would have thought was the best Buddy could be when he came to us is so far below what he's actually given us and on the field, off the field, as a personality. Yeah, the two Coleman's, the All-Australian selections and captaincy, growing the game, being a leader. And yeah, but like, yeah, no one says, oh, Joey Kennedy's pretty shit. He didn't win a grand final. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think, I, yeah, I honestly think people just say it because they're upset about Buddy leaving yeah. Victoria or because he plays for Sydney or, I don't know, whatever else. But I don't think it's a reasonable. Um, so, so not to, um, you know, not to keep making the NRL comparison, but it's kind of all I've got. Um, there's a similar... <laughs> situation unfolding in the NRL right now. So there's a guy who plays for the North Queensland Cowboys called Jason Tamalolo. Uh, he actually won a premiership with North Queensland in 2015, but in 2017, because um, they were scared of him, losing him to the NFL, if you believe it, uh, signed him and he was the best player in the game anyway, so it was fine. Uh, 10-year contract at the time, so through to the end of 27. Uh, he's 
a forward and he's 28 now, I think. Uh, hasn't won a, I don't know why you call it a flag, but he hasn't won a trophy, a premiership um, for the Cowboys since then. And the media is pretty much trading him away or like getting rid of him, you know, and it's the same arguments that you've brought up. Um, you know, well, it's 13 guys on the field. Like it's not a, an individual you know, sport. So there, there's an interesting parallel there. Slightly different because he's always been at the one team, but it's still that, I guess, unrealistic expectation based on actual, you know, just contract value rather than, you know, whatever this implicit value to a team is. No, that's exactly right. Like, I think people look at the length of the contract and the amount of money and go, well, you need a premiership out of that to justify it. And I just, I don't see that. I can't understand the logic in that. I, I don't think there is any logic in it. And I think, like, for one, like, if, if Sydney lose a game, I can't think of a time that you'd be like, oh, it was Buddy that did that. Like, yeah, he was, mm, he was yeah. the weak link here. But also, like, you think of, like, great AFL players, like, I don't know, Nick Rewalt never won a flag. Mm. And the only thing maybe people said about him was maybe he should have left St Kilda to go to a better team to try and win a flag. But that was like about the fact that he needed a better team around him, not that like Nick Rewalt was useless because he wasn't winning a flag. Absolutely. Like Tasmania's finest. Tasmania's <laughs> finest. Yeah. I would say Jack, but um, <laughs> but like yeah, I, I think it's a really unfair argument, and it's only used on Buddy. And I, I just think it shows. Yeah. I think it. Steve made a meme about it once, but I think it says more about the person saying it than it does about Buddy. Yeah. Like, with love to my cousin, he has a premiership. He's not a better player than Tony Lockett, Buddy Franklin, or Nick Rewall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play this on Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to play it. Zane, yeah. you won't believe what Wait, Joe Zane, <laughs> Zane, have a listen to this. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> no, like, I don't know. Like, Lewis Roberts Thompson has two premierships. Yeah. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Player of all time. I love Lewis Roberts Thompson. Everyone knows this, but like, lots of people have premierships, is what I'm saying. Mitch Mitch Morton did not die for this. (laughs) Like, like, there's a name. And Buddy's got a premiership. Two. Two. Mm. They don't happen to be with Sydney, which pains me, but like. Yeah. Let's do another podcast in six months. I I think it would be really, (laughs) I think it would be really lovely, obviously, and amazing if Buddy won a flag with Sydney. But if he retires at the end of this year or next year, whenever he does, and hasn't won a flag with us, like that's just not going to tarnish the memory of getting to watch Buddy play for Sydney. Mm. I, I mean, we would have won one last year if James Bell could kick straight, but I won't go there. Um, I don't know that either. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually at that game because it was in Tassie. God, that was. Um, I remember when um, Bell marked it at the end, um, some bloke in the crowd gave a big charhu right in the cop's face and obviously got arrested. So. <laughs> That's that's just Launceston for you. Um, no, I was, I was going to bring it up actually because you um you know if he retires this year or next year, I've I've heard rumors. Well, sorry, I've read things. I've not connected at all. But there was even talk about like a deal after his nine year expires, which is at the end of next year, this year, end of this year. Yeah, yeah it's this year. Yeah. No, I think the way everything's going the only reason i'd see him not do it aside from he just doesn't want to is if we won a premiership this year yeah i think if we win the flag this year he'll retire and i think if we don't if he's good he'll go again yeah, yeah. i think he'll oh, go again absolutely. he looks like he's enjoying he his looks footy. like he's enjoying it and yeah. last year he spoke about how he like doesn't he spoke about wanting to win a flag with this group specifically because he, he said I, he sort of made it sound like it was like unfinished business if they don't 
And I think that's because he sort of feels like he's helped, for lack of a better term, like raise these yeah, young yeah, forwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about like the length of this deal and the nine year contract is you can kind of split it into two different eras. I'd say like pre and post those grand finals where like in those grand finals, like he was kind of like cherry on top of the cake. We had already won the premiership two years before and like we were probably going to make two or more grand finals, even if we didn't have the best player in the league. But, like, since then, we've had to completely rebuild. I think from those grand finals, besides himself, we've got, what, two players, three players that are still there? And, like, yeah. Rampy, uh, yeah, Rampy, Parker, and Heaney. And, yeah, all, he's raised all these. Oh, and Joey Kennedy, yeah. So, we got, like, he's raised all these guys. And, like, I remember in 2018 joking about, like, it's just Buddy and his sons in our forward line. <laughs> and we've got all these guys coming up, like Tom Papley, debuted in 2016 Hayward at the same time I think and even right now we've got young tall forwards coming through like Logan McDonald Hayden McLean can Armady I, can I just say how sickening it is as as a neutral to watch your talent system yeah. just churn out <laughs> quality players like and they'll just have like a private school name you know like George Delgetti like, thoroughbred <laughs> and, and, and Angus Sheldrick yeah that's right and they will just all of a sudden appear and they will have suddenly played 80 games and they're really fucking good. Yeah. It's outrageous. Did they recruit really well? Well, Steve, my, my counter argument is didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm seeing the praises of what is a really, really good talent identification yeah. scheme. It's, yeah. um, it's remarkable to watch. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It's like, it feels a little bit like, like even the, sorry, even the ones yeah, you let go, mm, you know, yeah. I miss you, Olivia. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, if you look at um, back to Buddy, the point of this podcast, boys. Uh, <laughs> oh, someone, someone's feeling good now. <laughs> but, like, even, like, when we signed him, everyone was like, he's not going to make nine years. He's too old. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah. I'd kind of be shocked if he doesn't go more than nine years. Mm. Mm. Like, like a, f- a full decade would be amazing. I think yeah. Eddie Maguire's head would explode, so that's fine. That's, it's worth it for that. <laughs> yeah. um, the summer of Buddy. Summer buddy, indeed. <laughs> but like, it's just been, I don't know. I think this deal has been great for Sydney, for Buddy, for yeah. football. Anyway, it's also been kind of good for GWS because I think, I think Buddy on that Giants team over the last nine years would have been a mistake, wouldn't have worked. But also, it's given us like an old gap. Oh, don't look at me like I'm that. sorry. Lance Franklin at one end, Phil oh, Davis yeah, the yeah. other. Like, <laughs> like, no, Stevie Johnson crumbing next to. Like, <laughs> No, of course, it would have been good. I mean, he'd still be Buddy Franklin. Toby but Green I, next to Lance Franklin. No, they would have beat Richmond. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> wouldn't have got like, but They would have won a flag. They would. <laughs> it's a big, big no, sound, Joe. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but, like, it, the point I was making is that, like, bit, from that long moment where they made that tweet, which I actually got on a mug, gave to Imogen as a present one time, <laughs> it, like... That, like, formed an actual genuine rivalry between us where it's not just, like, I hate you because you're there. There are, like, an actual reason for the clubs to have bad mm. blood now. Yeah, I think yeah. that's, like, been a huge part of growing GWS success. And it probably made them realise they couldn't just bring someone in. Like, they had to develop proper talent yeah. as well. Yeah. So, like, in some yeah. weird way... So I was right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, it, I knew like, what you were saying, Joe. I got you. Yeah. They absolutely would have. Thanks, they would have kicked everyone's ass with Buddy Franklin in that lineup. Yeah. They would have. I think, like, but even like Joe and I flew up last weekend for the Sydney GWS match. Um, 
the fans were just brutal on Buddy. Yes, yeah, they're still mad. They were fair. Like they're yeah, still yeah. mad nine years later. And as I said, I can hold a grudge for that long, so I'm not like no judgments. Um, but I think it did create an actual before that. I don't think the rivalry felt like it was real. Like it felt like it was really forced, and the AFL trying to pretend yeah. that Sydney and the Giants hate each other, but they they just didn't. And I think that Buddy picking Sydney over GWS actually created one. And I think that's also been good for Sydney. Like for football in Sydney, I think just also the passage of time. Like GWS was still a relatively new entity mm-hmm. when that happened, and so you yeah. can't manufacture any kind of history no. when no. one of the teams has only been around for less than half a decade. Yeah. So as the course of seasons go on, they they get more established, and that just happens organically as well, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Could you have imagined then him kicking the thousandth last week? That would the difference in reaction because a it's it was at spotless right the last week's game was it at spotless it was, or uh, a core a, a core whatever a core. it's called now um with the big with their big fuck off screen um screen. that screen does rules <laughs> the only good thing about that place but like <laughs> can you just imagine the difficulty in climbing that fence first of all and then by the time you get to the middle like well i mean it's just such a, a shit stadium and an away game as well that would have been the i would never admit yeah. it but a little mini disaster if he had kicked it last week instead of when he did yeah, it would have been me and the two guys sitting behind us that were St Kilda fans would be the only people storming the pitch. <laughs> also, yeah, you're right. Like, I just think it would have... It was so perfect that he did it at the SCG. Mm. You know, I just... I think that was the... Like, as much as you two wanted him, wanted to be there in person to see it, I think, like, when we were watching it and what on, on Friday night, we, we all agreed that it was so perfect. It was absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah. And- yeah, it was yeah, it was perfect. It was great. Yeah, all that like jealousy of not being there. That kind of like that vanished for me as soon as he took the mark and yeah. started walking back. And yeah, yeah it's just such a special. I'm glad I recorded it because I think you two blacked out for a second or two. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> oh yeah, and and your sister Annie. Yeah, who was yeah. also extremely excited and was punching the air like it was a speedball. I think also I was really <laughs> excited watching it because I mean for so many different reasons, but like the incredible scenes of like all the people like storming the SCG. If he had have kicked it last year, it would have been probably like in front of no one. Yeah. yeah. And that would have been really sad. Yeah, it just wouldn't have been celebrated the way it deserved to be. Well, he, he no. needed, he would have needed like, what did he kick in that final that they lost up in Lonnie? Like he kicked like three or four, right? I think if he had kicked, he, he was within reach, like within buddy reach. And like, so I went to the game, like the, <laughs> There's like a small chance. I'm like, like, I'm on here. Like he started well. Like if he gets like another seven or eight, like, well, I'm storming. He needed five at the start of the season. Yeah. He kicked yeah. one last week four. Yeah. 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 I think, I think he kicked two against GWS in that. Okay. Well, then I think he needed like a, a big amount, but not like an unreasonable Lance Franklin no, amount. No, definitely an amount he could have done because yeah. he's buddy. Well, the big thing was uh, like just at the end of last year, just before finals started, we had a game against North at home. And we're like, fuck, you beauty, fucking six or seven, pencil it in. And they rested him. <laughs> I was so mad about that at the time. But, like, you do have to imagine that, like, they kind of wanted it to do it in front of a big crowd by just, like, not having played against, like, clearly the worst but team I, in the league at home. Well, so it's at the grand final. Like, oh, buddy, sit this one out. Sovereignty <laughs> <laughs> is good. I remember when we went to, this is a very COVID thing, we went to Geelong to watch Sydney play West Coast. Jesus, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And we 
destroyed West Coast. It was a yeah, fun, fun, right. fun yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. But Buddy kept... It was real Globetrotter stuff. Buddy kept, like... He kicked, Buddy kicked a few, but he kept handing the ball off and every Sydney fan was just getting up screaming at him, being like, stop doing this, just fucking <laughs> yeah. kick goals. He's spinning the ball on like, his finger. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And even last week, these two St Kilda fans were sitting behind us. I was so funny. Buddy got the ball and handed it off to someone and one of them stopped and was like, have you no sense of occasion? And I was like, I was like, just kick a goal, buddy. Sir. <laughs> so are you confident then that you would have stormed the field, Joe? A hundred percent. I wouldn't have, but Joe would have. <laughs> yeah. Even if I was literally by myself, I would have done it. Like, <laughs> you snuck into an empty like stadium it. and you're just there by yourself. <laughs> yeah. So... Okay, so but just on top of that, what if you were the guy who caught the ball? What would you have? Yeah, well, you would have given it back. Well, okay, yes, <laughs> like, you would have given it back. But what would you have? What would? What was your? Ransom, what was your? What was your ransom demand? Like, what would you have accepted? I would make Buddy watch Heat with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredibly on brand. Yeah. Well, you have asked for him. Would you? I'd ask him to come to the wedding. He's in Melbourne. But... Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> we should ask him anyway. No, no, I don't know. I the idea of me marking that is like so preposterous. <laughs> it was a big contest. Landed in your lap. Like so, he got the guy got a bunch of signed stuff and two five year memberships. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I, I thought he did pretty well. Like no, I think he did pretty well. Like it's not like he could ask for cash. He, he did well if you if you, he did well if you a subscribe to Karma and b um subscribe to the theory that he technically stole the ball because it's a match ball, which I'd subscribe yeah. to neither. So I yeah. I think look technically yeah he did look, yeah. I, okay you can't ask for money but maybe you would try to ask for money just to see. Yeah. As oh, a right. as a degenerate gambler I would have absolutely asked for money. Well, I no, reckon if you said I'll give the ball back to Buddy if he gives me ten thousand dollars Buddy would have done that. Or the club. Well, the club gives me ten grand, or I want a cost of living allowance, please. <laughs> that's that's not true. Um, um, no, but I think <laughs> I would have asked for um life membership. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I think, and maybe an invite to like the best and fairest or something. <laughs> lifetime lifetime membership, an annual ticket to the best and fairest, yeah. and a nude membership. buddy calendar. That's that's, right. I, I've been October asking that every year and they keep telling me to stop harassing them. I don't know. <laughs> well, do you guys remember last year Heaney kicked it up into like the second stand at the SCG, little girl caught it and like her dad made her throw it back. And yeah. I think during that week they got her to the SCG. Yeah, she, she did nothing. She didn't deserve it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is he's... He did way better than that little girl. <laughs> shit little girl, what is wrong with you? No. What is wrong with both you? Gotta of you got to do better than that. You got to teach him young. Buddy would disagree. Yeah, yeah. She should have just taken a run off. <laughs> I have faith Buddy in her is... evading the security at the SCG just quietly. She the ball was strange. bigger than her. The security at the SCG is not that good, <laughs> as we saw on the weekend. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, I don't, I don't think they could have done much, really. Like, what are they? It's like the. It's like what I think is that they should have worked harder to get around to the players rather than attempting to look like they're going to try and stop. Yeah, yeah. like the crowd. It looked like it was like a man holding an umbrella as a tidal wave. Yeah. came in. Like it just that's not going to work. I just buddy. during the week when they're like, we've got thirty extra security guards. I was like, I I know I don't work in security, yeah. but that doesn't feel like enough security guards to stop what's going to happen if Buddy 
I mean, if you consider the average security guard is built like Paul Blart, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been to the SCG and 30 extra security guards meant they had 35 in total. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> also, we, we do say this, but if you watch back the video, like there were guys that were at Buddy, like as he was kicking it, like some dudes from yeah. like directly oh, behind. Already him. running into the ground, like if he, if they'd missed, that would have been. We were saying uh, how awkward it would have been if Buddy got kicked a point, and then we see all these people just walking backwards. To this. <laughs> also, can you imagine, like, if it was a close game with like five oh, minutes Jesus. left, and so he kicks a goal, and let's say it puts them up by a point. Like everything stops now for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I, I thought it was so brutal. They made them, I mean, I get that they have to, but they made them play out the rest of that game. Yeah. Like yeah four yeah. and a half minutes left. Like, they had a 20 minute break. The historical one for that was when Fraser Gary kicked his 100th in a final against Port Adelaide. And St Kilda had all the running. And he did actually did it in the first quarter. And St Kilda were up big. It was in Adelaide. Fraser kicks his 100th. Everyone runs onto the ground, which was fine. Everyone did that at the time. And then the game stopped and it allowed Port to regroup and they ended up winning the game. Jeez. So like, oh. it's kind of good that Sydney were up by a lot yeah. because you like, would hate for something like that to then mean your team lost as well. Like that would take, somehow just take a tiny yeah. bit of gloss of it. Oh, well, I, I saw a tweet that said the funniest outcome would have been Geelong coming back out and winning. And I was like, it would have been kind yeah. of funny. A little bit. I, <laughs> a little bit. At one point, I like forgot that we actually won. <laughs> I was that focused. I'm just like, oh yeah, what happened? Anything but funny. No. I was like, I don't care if we win this yeah. game. I just want funny to keep this. I, I yeah, think the, I, I, I think the funniest thing would have like, been. Not sorry, you got. No, I spoke over you. I didn't hear what you said. Say it again. I was just saying, like, like there was about 20 minutes after the game, and Joe said, "Oh yeah, we won. Cool." <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think the funniest thing would have been is that if people had obviously people rushed like as and before he kicked it, but if it like the if it was like somehow on the edge of his range and it had dropped short and they had to do a score review, see if it was touched over the line. And there's just like a bunch of people in the frame and then there's like a Geelong defender just in the way if like this crowd of people. And then they're like, oh, it's actually touched before the line. So everyone like slipped or like, um, you know, it, it's confirmed it was a goal like with people already around him. Um, I thought that would be quite funny. Like, like a Steve Bartman, yeah. like people are grabbing at Geelong, like Tom Stewart's arms or, um, you know, something like that where the ball's not even over the line and there's people trying to mark it. Everyone's like, like ushering it through. Yeah. <laughs> it's the flying, it's the flying V of people. Yeah. Well, in fairness to security, I think they weren't helped by the fact that it was a set shot. Cause like right at the end of the third, he had this like amazing passage where he like broke two or three tackles, danced yeah. around a guy. And then had a shot. Going like, it was going to split the middle Except for Hayden, goddamn McLean, couldn't just shepherd it through. <laughs> the most important goal in the last 20... Oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> the important thing is he got it. Yeah, can you imagine if Buddy hadn't got it because of that? Oh, Jesus. Oh, don't talk about that. <laughs> oh, uh, I guess the last thing I've got on my sheet, which is something I only added in just as we were going... And I know we've spoken about, you know, it's it'll likely never happen again, at least maybe not in our lifetimes. But if there if there was someone that's currently like who's the best chance to get there, is there even anyone? No. No. I, I think I, Dad actually wrote an article for Code about this. I think he was speaking to Dermot Brereton, and Dermot said, if someone is going to get to a thousand, 
they're not in the AFL right no, now. No, I completely agree with that. The next closest, like, current player to Buddy in terms of goals is Jack Rewald, mm. and he's on 716. Yeah. And he's... And he's almost done. Yeah. Like, he has this year and maybe next year yeah. left in him. And then, like, after that, it's Josh Kennedy, West Coast. Um, no. 688 and Tom Hawkins, 670. And these people have all been playing for a similar amount of time that Buddy has. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they... Like, they're not close. I, I fully I, I don't agree. I think that. those guys are guaranteed to get to 800. <laughs> no, like, I fully agree that, that if, if there is another person to get to 1,000, we don't, we're not aware of their existence yeah. yet. Angus no. Sheldrick. <laughs> I think the thing with, with Buddy was that when Buddy started and, like, was at Hawthorne, like, immediately he was a star. Like, everyone yeah, had yeah, seen yeah. that something magic was happening. He was so young when he kicked that 100 goals. That was 2007. Um, Eight. Eight, Eight, yeah, so, like, he hadn't actually Eight, been playing sorry. long when he did that. Like, he, we all knew we were witnessing someone that we probably weren't going to see exactly. again. Yeah. And so I think that if someone's going to come out and be a forward like buddy and kick a 1,000 goals, like, we'll know from the get-go that they're that good and yeah. no, one, no one's that good right now. No. I think there was some thought early on, especially as a junior, that Joe Danaher might have been someone like that, but mm. he, he never... Never ever came close to like, and that that's a very talented player. Yeah, yeah he's and, but he is not in any way, shape, or form. And every once in a while, you get a new young forward, and media will say like, you know, is this the next buddy or yeah. whatever? And they're not. And I also think it's mean because like, no, the yeah. idea that there's going to be another buddy is just obscene to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing about it is that like, even on the off chance that we get a key forward as talented as Buddy again. The share of goals that the key forward actually gets yeah, yeah. in the team's scoring total is so much lower. Like Harry Mackay won the Coleman last year. What do you get? Like he didn't even reach 60 goals, I don't think. I think he no. had 50 something. And like that's not a knock on Harry Mackay. He's a really good player, obviously. He won the Coleman, but like you can't just like sit it on your key forward's head over and over and get him to get bags of four, five, six, no. seven, eight consistently anymore. And, and that's the way that the game has changed in that you yeah. don't have a like one single key forward who just does it no. all now. There's so many more parts to the forward line yeah. now. So many more people kick goals. And I think that's another like credit to Buddy with how good he is, yeah. is that he plays a role that almost like doesn't exist in no, that's footy right. anymore. Yeah. But he also manages to be like, he's such a, like a large human, but he's so athletic and so agile, yeah. but then also kicks goals like a, tall forward from the 80s and it, yeah, like, it makes yeah. no sense no, that's and right. I think that's the other thing with Buddy like it's like we're witnessing something that just actually doesn't add up no I think and like you you think about your favorite Buddy moments they all involve like superior elite athleticism yeah. like you think about the one where he hurdles someone like he picks up the ball oh. hurdles someone yeah and then kicks it from 50 yeah. like that exploded my head and it still does every time I see every it. time it's, it's yeah. insane even when he when he, uh, his first year at Sydney against Port, he like ducked and weaved through mm. all these players and just kicked this spectacular goal that made no sense. A man that size shouldn't be able to move like that. Yeah, like he, he just has talent that like no one else has. And that you can't teach. Like a lot of no. that so much is innate and, and just so naturally gifted. And then to put all that into that frame, it's, it's, it's borderline unfair. And like you're right about, like you, you think about it, like if someone comes along, and they kick 60 goals a year for 15 years, they're still not at a thousand. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's how hard it is to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing is just like talking about like, 
Pagan's Paddock and all that. Mm. It's like, I think if Buddy was drafted five years later, he's he doesn't get to a thousand because not because of like he's any less talented, but just because like he was in there right at the end of that scoring boom for like the big forwards. He probably would have been taught to play differently, yeah. And 100%. the mentality, like, he would not have had the mentality to kick goals like that because he would have probably yeah. realized, well, I'm not going to get all those opportunities. So the timing has to be perfect as well. And we were all talking about it earlier about how there would there, yeah, there would have to be a fundamental change in the way the game's played yeah. and how teams can manipulate defenses now so that they can take advantage of someone like that. It just doesn't happen now. Absolutely. He's pretty good. We like that's, him. A, that's a great way to end it, I think. It's he's pretty good. If, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's kind of neat. Um yeah. do any he's neat. He's, he's neat. He's neat. Um, d- does anyone have anything to plug? You know, maybe a wedding? Yeah, Brunswick Missile. Don't, don't come. <laughs> no, don't. Invite no. only. <laughs> I'm not getting married for the record. Uh, no, I don't think we have anything to plug. We're getting married on Sunday. It's very exciting. We're going to make fun of Zane for not being and, as good as Buddy. And Buddy's officiating, well, I heard. Yep. Buddy, Buddy will be there, yeah. Well, I think if Bevo had just let him play at seven and a half forward for his whole career, then he would have had a crack. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I don't really care that much about any other AFL players. So you shouldn't. <laughs> Steve? The only one that matters. Steve, anything to plug? You know, maybe. Uh, no, not at this stage. When are you scoring I, 100 again, you fraud? No, I've been back in the nets. Like, I've, I've, got, to work, I've got to work more on the slips catching, apparently. I was deplorable in Pakistan. Is that what you've been told? Because you didn't actually watch the game. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ben, what was that? I had people making sandpaper jokes, which is very original. I was just going to say, is that what you were told that you were bad? Because you didn't actually watch the game. No, not at all. (laughs) No, it was past your bedtime. Um, Well past. I had dinner at 5pm. What are you talking about? It's a blue plate special, Ben. (sighs) Wow. The shop's restocked applesauce. Um, (laughs) Okay, no, we don't need these lowbrow, this low-hanging fruit. Um, no, but in all seriousness, we'd like to thank, I say we, me, like to thank all of you for, for jumping on. It's been a great buddy discussion. Um, other than that, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. This is good. It was a lot of fun. I'll see you when it gets to 2,000. <laughs> <laughs>